When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing letting go, grief, self-respect, and getting to the other side. Sometimes I think I think like a Seinfeld episode. This might be an episode about nothing that is about something. I am trusting this intuitive tickle I feel to make this episode. And I hope it gives you something that you can take to help your existence be easier, lighter, reducing frustration, annoyance, and burnout. If highly sensitive people and survivors are really honest with ourselves... We as a collective, as a tribe, we desperately want people to change. We might be the people on earth who say and think this phrase the most. Why can't she just? Why can't he just? If they would just. This way of being, of wishing, of prodding, of poking, of explaining, of begging, explaining again and then cajoling. And then if we go into our darker side, we might scream or threaten or shame or give ultimatums, trying to force change for the better. And this gets really sticky and really draining and counterproductive for our lives. And some of us know it, but don't really know how to shift out of it or a different way of being. This is like a haunting dream of prophecy that we suffer from as highly sensitive people and survivors. We know, and a lot of us are not wrong. We can look at a person because we're observers and we can observe that if a few simple things can change, things could be so much smoother, so much more loving, more supportive, more peaceful, more satisfying from just a couple tiny little changes. And doesn't that sound so delightful on paper, so possible? But this is a dream we don't seem able to identify as a dream. We tend to live as if we can live this dream in real life. This is a seductive dream to dream about somebody changing just a couple things that would make them easier for us, that would make life easier on them. This wishful thinking that another human being 
And let's be honest, we don't dream these things for the easy people in our lives. We don't dream these things for the people that are killing it in life, that are personally responsible, that are going after their lives. We hold this impossible dream for the people that are difficult in our lives, that are draining or that are infuriating or stubborn or stuck or that we have to witness fall in the same holes over and over and over and over again. But part of our dysfunctional dreaming here is that we are willing to see this dream of ours and get on board with it. That's why we're seekers. That's why you're listening to the show. That's why some of you are in Patreon. That's why some of you joined the Boundaries course this year or last year. But this is where the insanity lies for us, where our own exhaustion happens, where we operate as our own energy vampires, that we seem to struggle with accepting that this person that we want to change or the system that we want to change is not wired like we are. This system, this entity, this company or this person in front of me does not necessarily see things or the world or life in a similar way to me. The people that we want this dream for the most seem to be supremely disinterested in seeing this dream. Even as we desperately try to share it, show it and get this person or entity to believe in the possibility of this way of thinking, this way of being, this way of walking the life path. Have you ever had a super bizarre dream? How likely is it that I can experience your super bizarre dream? You can kind of tell me some elements of it, right? But it's going to be really hard for me to jump on your bizarre dream and have the full experience of your bizarre dream. It's not available to me. It's interesting to me that we do not expect others, even if we explain a bizarre dream, We don't expect them to have the same dream or to be able to see or experience what we did. But as highly sensitive people, we seem to want people to jump on board our wellness dream. We struggle to accept that others don't have the gift of prophecy. We struggle to accept that others are disinterested in explanation and seeking understanding. We struggle to accept that our gifts might very much show us what someone we love needs like boundaries or money management or a different relationship with a person or with food or with body. And we can be right. But that rightness, what does it bring? What does that sort of rightness, that righteousness, because that's what it turns into from the ego. What happens if I try to make someone else change? Historically, for me, this has brought sadness, exhaustion, frustration that builds into rage. And the more I tried in my past, the more upset I became, the more I was scapegoated and shamed for being too sensitive, too particular, too much, too pushy. Our power, my power sits in recognizing my part of the puzzle piece in this dynamic. It's very easy to look at an energy vampire in our lives and think, bad, bad, shame on you. It's your fault. I'm exhausted. You always do this. The ego loves that line of logic. But in every single vampire movie and book, the vampire rules are very clear, y'all. They are not allowed in unless we invite them. So a more honest and personally responsible way to process this dynamic 
seems to be, I struggle to accept who this person in front of me is. I struggle to accept that I am wired differently. I see the world and the possibilities of healing, and I want that. I am infinitely sad, realizing I must accept that I am a seeker, and others are not. I must stop bringing seeking to someone who hates the taste of seeking. I must own that the energy vampire does not do this to me. I allow myself to go through this whole beating my head against the wall process, and I lay out a red carpet for the energy vampire to come in. I must learn what it is to roll up that red carpet and put it in storage or burn it. I must change the locks on the emotional house because I've given keys away unknowingly, given too much access to vampires. I must also ignore the knocking at the door if the vampire pressures with guilt to be let in. I must ignore it. If the vampire pressures with fear, I'm scared out here and alone. Won't you let me in? I must try not to save them from themselves or their choices. I must learn to hold a strong boundary until the vampire realizes there is nothing to feed on here. Letting go of the unattainable dream that people will just make this positive change for the greater good has freed me up to have more energy for my growth, my development. This is a way I respect and love myself. How loving and self-supportive are we really if we keep inviting energy suckers in? It wasn't an instantaneous positive shift for me, and it's not for many of my clients. I had to go through grief, and this is why we subconsciously avoid changing ourselves, because we suspect that if we start acting from a place of, no, I won't allow you or anyone to drain me, that we might lose people. Because if someone is truly an energy vampire, they won't hang around if they cannot feed. So to have more self-respect in this way, we also face going through the grief of realizing that certain difficult people in our lives were not there in any real mutual way. Rather, they have been there to feed, and I've been good eating. For an HSP, this is an unavoidable grief, in my opinion. If you are a seeker, you will, in my experience, have this grief now or later. It's unavoidable. And I can take this moment to name a truth that no one named to me years ago. Seekers lose more people on the path than the average person. And that's not bad. We are not wired to be evergreen people. We change. We are like the beautiful fall trees We drop our leaves to be reborn again and again and again and again. The difference is we do get to hold on to a precious few as we age. If you listen to the show and it resonates with you, I challenge that you are not typical. I am not typical. That you are unusual in beautiful ways, complex. The average Joe was never going to be a great fit. And that is our grief that we have mistakenly believed that we needed to make ourselves right with the average Joe. 
Most of us have and will continue to come into contact over the course of our lives with hundreds of people. We are 15 to 20% of the population. 80 to 85% of the population is not wired like we are. So we have mistakenly believed until we no longer have that to feel whole or to feel worthy or to feel wanted that we needed acceptance from this 80 to 85%. We needed understanding. We needed to make ourselves fit this 80 to 85%. Because of our complexity, I promise you that after we have this grief, this letting go of, wait, I don't have to try so hard to get acceptance from people who don't understand me. I can walk this path and learn to look for and find and align with people that are wired like me. And then I can learn to accept the people who are wired differently just as they are. And I can have them in my life. But I have to remember that they're not seekers. I can't keep serving someone a dish with peanuts who's told me they're allergic to peanuts. I have to respect their dietary limitations and restrictions. As sensitive people, as empaths, what if we started respecting other people's emotional limitations when we feel them instead of feeling them as a challenge that we're supposed to conquer? After we grieve this grief and let go, and we may need to do this more than once in life, we make space for our rebirth. There is a freedom, there is an empowerment that we can't experience till we are on the other side of that grief. And many people will spend a lifetime avoiding that grief work. We are not just grieving and saying goodbye to our own neurotic hope, to our own stories that we tell ourselves about helping others who don't want our help. When we have boundaries and self-respect, we are also saying goodbye to that old version of ourselves who didn't know any better until we did. When we know better, we do better. And that is sad to both have the gift of prophecy, to be able to see and observe all these things. When we are unable to see this moment coming, we're also grieving having given too much, having held too much space and allowed less than we deserve. Every mother who gives birth also says goodbye to having been singular. Every seeker who gives birth to an awakening says goodbye to the former self. And it is bittersweet until it is sweet when the pain of rebirthing has passed. The coolest thing about letting go of wanting others to change is that it is an act of self-love, of ceasing self-torture. It is an act of, I will no longer hurt myself with this misplaced hope. And this allows us to operate with more clarity. As I walk my path now, I can see, like my younger self couldn't, that when I make a simple offering to a similarly wired person, They look at me, smile, and say, thank you. Yes, I'd be happy to try that. And in that moment, we get to realize, oh, that's what was missing all along. And then and only then is it proven to us that our grief and our growing pains were worth it. 
I am worth the peace I've forged and the front row relationships I currently hold dear are my rewards for my hard work. I did not know if the pain of this changing and letting go would ever shift while I was inside of it. I'm on the other side and I know with every fiber of my being in my own life and in the lives of clients I have held space for since 2009 that this work is worth it. Those of us who have walked the path all the way through the toughest pain stand on the other side waving that flag of feeling alive and worthy for you. I will keep waving it for you till you get to the other side. And if you just keep going, you will get there. And there is amazing. And before I end this episode, I want to clarify that when I say things like, oh, that was a waste of time, it really wasn't in my life. It was actually exactly what I needed to be able to really see myself. I had to identify that I was wasting time to be able to stop wasting time and grow past that old dynamic. So in the way of learning and growth, nothing is a waste. I hope that makes sense. And I hope that you can find faith that whatever you're going through, no matter how crazy, no matter how wacky, no matter how overwhelming, no matter how gut and heart shattering it may feel, that you can and you must keep walking and keep going to get to the other side. There's no other option. The only way through is through. I want to thank those of you who take time out to write reviews, to give us five-star reviews. This helps us stay high in the iTunes ratings. It helps us work that funky iTunes algorithm that continues to suggest the show to new people, to new listeners, so that more and more people can realize that they're highly sensitive or that there is strength in their survivorship. If this episode or any other resonates with you, if it helps you, if it clarifies something that brings you peace or helps you make sense of this complex, complicated world external to us and our internal complex, complicated world Please share the episodes with anyone that you think may benefit. And if they don't want the episodes, that's cool too, honoring this episode's topic. But if you'd like to share an episode with someone who would like to receive this, you can find us at emotionalbadass.com and share the show directly from there. Or you can share it from whatever platform you're listening from. It might be YouTube because the show goes out on YouTube too, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I want to thank these people who have spent their precious time and energy writing a review for other people. I want to thank Dara Shea. They say that the most that this is the most relaxing and empowering podcast. Thanks for talking about issues that make me say yes that out loud and make me want more. Your soothing voice, the way you just seem to understand all the ideas swarming around in my head. And string them together with a storyline and affirmations that strengthen, empower, and inspire me. Thank you, and please keep making more. I am with this powerful team. Thank you for supporting me with such a review. I want to thank Aaron DCBB. Aaron says, I appreciate you so much. 
I ended up binging almost 52 episodes in a week. Ooh, ooh, that's a lot of me. (laughs) Slow down, guys. I've been in therapy for 10 years this coming June and love all the work I've done. And my therapist is a rock star. Yay, awesome therapist. Your podcast helps remind me of the work I'm doing and how to be kind, patient, and compassionate to my HSP self. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're so welcome. I want to thank Tanya, Living My Truth. Tanya says, I've spent years always saying I'm sorry for my uniqueness. I am just starting to accept my difference as gifts. Love, love the show. That's key, y'all. We want the world to respect and accept our differences, but we've got to do that work first and then present to the world that our differences are to be accepted. I want to thank Elsa BG77. So much insight into why I am the way I am in just a couple episodes. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. You are so welcome. Thank you for your review. I want to thank the pump God. I hope that's somebody making a whole lot of breast milk for babies. They say something for every situation. This podcast has gotten me through so many tough times, taught me so many new outlooks and really changed my life. I'm only able to see my lovely therapist one to two times a month. And this podcast allows me to feel like I'm with her in between those sessions. Thank you so much for making this kind of content available. All right, I'm gonna read one more. Getting me today. I want to thank SLH66 saying the show clears things up. (laughs) I'm so happy to bring clarity. You're so very welcome. Thank you, all of you. Y'all have truly been the show's marketing team. Y'all are out there sharing it, spreading it. It's such a love fest. And it's such a proof of the butterfly effect. When we heal, healing is truly, deeply exponential. Thank you for being the change in the world, in the big world, and in your smaller, intimate world, with your families, with your loved ones, with your chosen families, with your partners, with your friendship circles, and inside of your complex, internal, personal world too. Everything is energy, and when you're doing that work, you are doing work to heal the world. It's powerful. Do not underestimate the power of your existence. I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad I'm here too. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you here next time. Remember, I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. Bye-bye.